the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Milberger's Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And welcome to Milberger's Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer, on a beautiful Sunday in South Texas with the winds coming out of the, what do you think? North. North, yeah, northeast. It couldn't be any better. No, it could not be any better. It's a beautiful day. I don't know what the what the wind speed is. But it's uh, it doesn't seem too bad. Yeah, it's flopping the flopping the flags. But. We went walking in the park this morning. Oh yeah, day, yeah good a, day. Yep, over at Phil Hardburger with all the dogs and stuff. So uh, <laughs> it was a pretty day to walk too. It's a pretty day to be here at Mill Burgers at sixteen oh four on Boulevardy Road, and you can come on by and visit with us. And uh, uh, there's Mary helping out some people and. I'm trying to see. There's Stace, and everybody's out here. All the I was helping out some people. Were you really helping out some Inside people? Inside the building. What were you helping them to do? <laughs> I was in there to see what size uh, <clears throat> uh, Miracle Grow they sell here. And uh, a couple was in there, and they were having trouble finding what they were looking for, and they... They probably didn't know what they were looking for, but uh, they were looking for hydrangeas. Oh, yeah. I didn't ask them where they're from, but, uh, you know, hydrangeas are a common mother days, mother's mm-hmm. day plant. <coughs> and uh, people try to grow them. Now, in Tennessee, when it's acid soil in East Texas, you can grow the hell out South of it. South Carolina. Carolina. Oh, yeah, okay. hydrangeas. But down here, maybe not. Uh, they're, but, they're they they need uh, acidic soil. Like a, they go right along to the side of uh, azaleas and or gardenias and things like that. But I have seen, um, you know, I believe you. But I have seen. <laughs> I have Come seen, on, Melissa, bring it. I have seen homes that actually have them growing out in the front yard and. And where were they? Those they were homes? in. Um, the area kind of that new Braunfels 410 area. I forget what that's called. I only saw one house. So maybe they were doing something special or yeah. something. But I told her. Because I, I had to do a double take. Because it was like, is that what I think it is? No, it can't be. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, their favorite for a lot of people. My mother always had some around our house. Yeah. Tennessee. Laura likes them. But, but uh so they were getting ready to look for a, they were looking for a soil acidifier. So they were going to put that hydrangea in the soil. Yeah. Oh. And that's, that's risky. That's tough to around here. 
So, <laughs> I told her, y'all would be a lot better off and grow a lot much better plant if you got one of my pots. Oh, that, that was a great idea. Entranceway. <laughs> and uh, still for $85. I think, I think Grace <laughs> is putting those pots out there so I'd have to walk by them every time. They're calling my name. Yeah. I bought two. It's going <laughs> to. And it's a shame. And then I went inside. <laughs> I was uh, changing the subject. Don't let me forget what I was talking about. But uh, I went inside, and they've got some very decorative pots inside. Oh, cool. Inside that first uh, entryway. And uh, they're beautiful, painted. I guess they're oil painted. But, uh, you know, uh, we were talking about these pots, these big pots, uh, can easily be uh, <coughs> painted. Yeah. And will will look good. So uh, you ought that to, gave me some ideas. You want to take a picture? Is Jeremy's girlfriend going to take going to paint one of them? I hope so. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I hope so. Okay. But uh, it's perfect canvas for that painting. And uh, but uh, uh, anyway, I talked to the lady. She's from New Braunfels, I think. And uh, she, I talked her into getting one of the big pots. It'll save and, them a lot uh, of grief. And uh, using that uh, acid-based uh, oh. fertilizer in the purple bag. Is it purple? Or, yeah. Purple. Do you remember the name in, of it? In the, in the uh, parking lot. <coughs> It says for acid-loving plants, and uh, Trace was telling us when I first started talking about it, because uh, you don't see very many uh, mixes for acid-loving plants, uh, and uh, he said, "Well, that's potting soil. That's not uh, <laughs> that's not for, for plants in pots, and it's." Uh, acid soils and then he called them I, I think it was last yesterday he was said he had talked to them yeah, they said, and it's wonderful for a container which I put mine into but anyway I talked her into that and uh, some sphagnum peat mm -hmm. she wants to add a little bit more and uh, all that and then buy the plant put it in the morning sun afternoon shade and uh all of that is going to be cheaper than buying that soil acidifier which doesn't oh, work, which wow. doesn't work really yeah okay well yeah you, you don't said, acidify you, the soil right you now. said our soil resists can't do it <laughs> uh, it fights back well it's just bu it's highly buffered yeah yeah, yeah buffered so but, uh, anyway that's that's, that's the best that's way a, to that's go that's a good idea yeah Thank and you, she'll man. enjoy that. Yeah. Thank you, man. I'm wondering if, uh, and then she can <laughs> dig a hole and put the pot in the ground, uh, and then not and that, that big a pot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not in your brothels. <laughs> oh, that's a good You'd point. You'd have to no. blast. Never mind. <laughs> well, I, you you hate to, you hate to uh, even at the bargain prices here. Yeah. You hate to bury. Uh, yeah, that pretty pot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> By putting it in, in the ground now. That that would be a place where you would put a one of the plastic, and you know to expect it. You'd expect it to 
last maybe four or five years. Hmm. But uh, yeah. I don't know how long those clay pots are expect expected to last. Well, if you have uh, February freezes like we have, <laughs> they they don't. Oh, you mean the hydrangea? You talking about the plant or the pot? Oh, I was talking about the pots. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> they all, you know, they have a tendency to expand crack, and contract. Crack. Yeah. So if you did your method, what were you saying on hydrangeas and freezes and stuff? You just bring it in. Well, <laughs> well, then then want to be brought in either or the it's, pot stick. It, it's going to be heavy when you want you put that potting mix okay. in there. And uh, did you? Did, I thought you grew do grew uh, not hydrangea. No, I grew uh, August Beauty gardenias. Yeah, oh, okay. gardenia. <laughs> and that's what I did. I did the half something and half sphagnum peat. Yeah, and, yeah, that worked. It worked out well. But maybe you could. Uh, try one of these uh, mix. That's, yeah, that's that'd mix. be fun. Uh, when Mark Peterson was here, he was interested in that mix too, <laughs> and uh, he he went out to read the label. I was on the, on the radio, and so I couldn't go. But he came back laughing. He said, "You know what the last last ingredient in that mix is? Lime. Oh, which lowers the pH." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, which uh, raises the pH. I'm sorry, raises the pH. But uh, I, put, I imagine they put that in there for uh, the calcium and uh, stabilizing. Yeah, yeah, stabilizing. It's the last ingredient, so it probably isn't a, a huge amount. No, 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 no. Yeah. No. And and with the as much sphagnum and and peat that's in there. It's not going to do much good. The, oh, okay. The, the idea of that. Uh oh. What? Is that guy going to go into tomatoes or what do you think? Oh, he's serious about it. <laughs> he's getting a we, few. We still got a great uh, selection of uh, tomato varieties. Uh, the big ones, even in the smaller pot, in the uh, four and a half inch pots. That's it. I got, we got gallons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but well, there, I, I checked. The preliminary check today, there was um, our... I saw, uh, I saw one over there I usually don't see. Uh, celebrity red... Uh, red... Uh, red snapper? No, not red snapper. <laughs> I would have... Um, the fish. <laughs> nine sixty eight. Uh, uh, no, no more nine sixty eight. Mm. And uh, uh, Thunderbird. Yeah, Thunderbird. Thunderbird was there, and then um, Celebrity and the red, the red uh, one Deuce. of a big one of the big ones. Red Deuce. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh. oh, hey guy. Awesome. Yeah, it's a pup like Calvin's. Also. As I was walking in, looking at the plants over there, there are some plants. They're not from our local supplier, but they say red, uh, red uh, uh, for the butterflies. Uh, red milkweed. Red. Milk. Red milkweed. Huh? Do they? Yeah. Is that a thing? There's not many. No, I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's not many of them. About uh, are they eight or ten? Yeah, got some size. Yeah, yeah. I have to go look at them. But I never have seen them 
labeled as red, and they've got a red tag on. Well, we had the the milkweed we were growing for the class was a uh, variety that they it just grows south in in South Texas. Oh, okay. And so that was one I'd never heard of either, or m- most of the gardeners there had heard of. Yeah, it. came from uh, Douglas King Seed Company. Yeah, yeah, Douglas King they keep good stuff. But I, I, I got a red, screaming red label on there. Hmm, that's pretty exciting. Not a lot of them, but uh, and they were in plastic pots, Pla- plastic four and a half inch. I've never seen them. But yeah. anyway, let's take a look. I was looking at, uh, I was looking for a Rio Grande Gold, and uh, oh yeah, they've got, they've got some Rio Grande Gold, all well several flats, and um, the interesting <laughs> thing is, they're up with the other plants, yeah, and, you know, on the same table as the other peppers. Mm-hmm. They're greener prettier plants than any other. Ah, way to go, Rio Grande uh. Gold. Gosh, this sounds familiar. Whichever whichever plant we're uh, <laughs> promoting. Yeah, uh, is, is the most beautiful he's ever seen. <laughs> but uh, they're holding up on uh, no fertilization. See, they're fertilized every time they're watered. Yeah. And uh, when they're in the nursery, but when they're put out here for a period of time, they uh, they never fertilize them. I've tried to get them to fertilize them for 20 years, but uh, it, it's kind of inconvenient to do that. Yeah. But uh, also they've got okra. Ooh, really? Not Oscar. Oh, somebody know. was talking about okra the other day, and I Clemson said Clemson Spinus. Okay, is that good? <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's the it's the one that traditionally people. Yeah, you know use. where it's from. Clemson? Yeah, you go. <laughs> Where's Clemson? Is that South Carolina? South Carolina, yeah. Okay. Dr. Leinberger was the department head in horticulture. I'll be there. done. I think so. But uh, <laughs> it's interesting the way they planted them. And and this this would probably be a good deal for people. Because each pot, it's, I think it's four and a half inch or four inch, has a clump of okra seedlings in it. I'm talking about they put five or six seed, if not more, in each pot, in each hole that they made. And so okra transplants pretty easily, and you ain't in a hurry for it. Mm. So you can <laughs> get some of this Clemson's Pineless okra, uh, and it's at the right size to be transplanted. You could transplant it directly into the garden, and then in a, then in a few weeks you can use it to climb up and jack in the beanstalk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, can I use it as a screen? <laughs> yeah, there you go, <laughs> an edible screen. Yeah, there we Perfect. go. Perfect. But uh, that's over there, and uh, they've got uh, some odd vegetables over there like squash and things like that. But they've still got tomatoes. Now, these tomatoes that they've got are fairly long and leggy, stretched. See the the guy mm-hmm. that's got so many? See how tall they are? Yeah. Uh, 
though, and remember, you can plant tomatoes deep, yeah, and they root along the stem. Now, us professional horticulturists, uh, I think Dr. Cotner came up with uh, the idea, or he stole it from somebody, <laughs> where when you got a tall one like that, uh, you take off the, say, bottom three leaflets, and and uh, instead of burying, uh, or instead of digging a deep hole for the stem, lay it on its side. And why is that? Why is that? Because, because if you if you bury it deep with a post hole digger, so to speak, right. uh, it'll only root where the uh, stem can get oxygen. Now, I, my my grandmother never did live long enough for me to go over and say, listen. <laughs> she, she grew tomatoes for the town, uh -huh. and uh, they planted them with a post hole digger. She and her eighty-year-old husband, he would dig the hole. Yeah. <laughs> and did they bury them deep? Oh yeah. Okay. And and they said, I remember asking about it. I said, Why do you do that? Well, I didn't know then, but she said, Oh well, they they uh, get a deep root system so they won't dry out. Hmm. No. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't work. That needs to be the name of your book. <laughs> <laughs> also, they would uh, put manure, old-timers. Yeah. Would dig that deep hole straight down. And uh, and beneath that, uh, at the bottom of the hole, they would put pure manure. And then cover it with uh, uh, two or three inches of uh, potting of uh, soil. Okay. And then put the tomato on top of that. Does that help it, the tomato? Huh? Is, <laughs> so you heard it. Is that a is that a good thing or a? <laughs> uh, well, that's pretty much a. No. Oh, because <laughs> the problem is you you owed it to your grandmother to tell her these things. She'd have beat me to death. I was thinking um, just that, yes. <laughs> With that uh, post hole digger. <laughs> yeah. But uh, 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 they they take, how do they, how does a plant take up nutrients? Through the roots. Right. And where are the roots being formed? Oh. Close to the top of the soil. Mm. So, <laughs> so it was a good theory. That had been used for a hundred years, I guess. But uh, would it have been better had they put it sideways? Yeah. Oh, and I don't understand the sideways. What are you doing? You're, you're <laughs> you are uh, what? you you don't be, you bend the stem and run along the top of the of the soil. Uh, well, top of the All bed. right. So. Part of it is going to be sticking up, yeah, like you yeah. know, and part of it is going to be uh, sideways, bent over and sideways. It doesn't break the stem. I break. Well, the stem. you got to be careful with it. <laughs> you know who but you're she, talking to. She, she, uh, mm -hmm. she always, she always tried to find the biggest plants. Yeah, oh, the tallest that the, she could find. But of course, in a, in extension literature, we say get the smaller ones. And get them established so they yeah. have the root system 
at the top of the soil. Hey, we need to take a break. 210-308-8867 is our number. 210-308-8867. Toll free. 866-308-8867. We have more of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up. Live from Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery. 1604 on Boulevardy Road where things are hopping. There's a nice breeze and a bright sunny sun and lots of your gardening peers. Plus Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Jerry Parsons. I'm Milton Glick. This is 930 AM The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. And when it comes to pest control, he's not fooling around. He's Spider-Man, termite and pest control, your web of protection in San Antonio since 1976. Spider-Man's been helping folks out, keep businesses and residents pest-free. Hopefully he's going to call in today and tell us a little bit about some stuff that he saw uh, and... uh, Tell us a little bit. I'm going to ask him about termite swarming because he said that's happening now and he's there starting to get uh, calls in about that. So if you notice that, you want to be sure to uh, take care of it. If you want to avoid it, you want to give both cases, give Spider-Man termite and pest control a call. Uh, So from termites to rats to roaches to scorpions uh, to fleas to ants, whatever you got. What about my flies? I bet you Spider-Man could help you with your flies. I think they'd make a fly bait or something. We'll have to ask Spider-Man what to do for your flies. Uh, You still got them? Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'll leave the door open so the cat can come in and out. And the flies come in. And the flies come in and out. Okay. So give him a call, 210-656-3721, 210-656-3721, or online where you can read all the good reviews and all the services that he provides at GoSpiderManPest.com. That's GoSpiderManPest.com. Oh, oh, there's a fly right Can you see him? <laughs> he's, right, he's right there in the, in, the, in the microphone. Okay, 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867 and toll free. It's 866-308-8867. That manure did help my, my composted manure, not my fresh manure. Yeah. Uh, did help that my knockout rose. It's 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 doing better than it did for. <laughs> oh yeah. Kind of funny what fertilization will do. I guess. Isn't that amazing? Mm. Who knew? You know, we taught them to we water. Never, and we never now talk about that fertilization. <laughs> you want to talk about fertilization, Milton? Sure. What, what would you like to? That's one of the one of my topics. Oh, was one of your questions, or is it? Or are you gonna? <laughs> no, it's did a Neil, topic. Did Neil Sperry say something bad about fertilization? No. Now you're going to pick on Neil. <laughs> no. Oh, by the way, I got a report that, uh, uh, you know, Neil has numerous radio shows every weekend. Right. Uh-oh. And uh, somebody called in and uh, said that he ha- had found a white blue bonnet. Oh. And could he save the seed? Well, that sent Neil off into a... 
that what uh, explanation of what I had done for the last 38 years. Yeah, he's just a little behind, but yeah, it but, is kind of cool because if he didn't know, that was probably quite a find for him. Oh yeah, 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 and they're, they're so showy, you know. Yeah. I mean, now, start, ours are pretty much kaput. Are your blue bonnets kaput, Calvin? Yeah. They didn't last long, did they? Not as long as normal, but they, they tried. Yeah, who told you that they weren't going to last long? You did. Okay. <laughs> and why didn't they last as long? There wasn't rain at the right time. Because you doomed you them by being negative about <laughs> Yeah. Those blue bonnets are very sensitive. Oh, oh speaking of uh, uh, drought-tolerant plants, I looked at, I don't have a lot of deer in Bronze Station. All right. But I looked at this morning as I was walking to the truck, three great big does out there. Or it could have been a buck without horns. We've got some big bucks in there. Oh, okay. And and guess what they were uh, grazing on? Your bluegrass. There you go. The bluegrass is going making seed. And that's what they were eating. So it's a it's a wildlife food. You can't you can't shouldn't destroy wildlife. Well, I, I suppose I shouldn't get an argument with him about the, the, they're not grazing on it. <laughs> what are they they're doing? They're browsers. Browsers, yeah. Yeah, so they would eat. They would be eating potentially be eating the seeds. Yeah. And uh, I was going to say that's what they're eating the seed. But didn't that doesn't that defeat his purpose of letting them go to seed if they're deer eating them? Yeah, yeah it, but it they, does they if they you don't. don't run down there with a stick and chase them out of yeah. the yard. So and, they're, and they're not the, the, their entire diet is not going to uh-uh. be. Uh-uh. So well, they're, they're just will the deer poop out the mixed. seeds? <laughs> no, I don't know. Well, they chew them well enough to do that. I don't know. I've never. I don't know. Because <laughs> they're usually they're browsing stems and yeah, yeah. and so they they don't they don't. I don't think they relate to that reproduction <laughs> thing like the birds and others. Yeah, do. they uh, they loved my Asian jasmine when it was resprouting oh. from that early freeze. But then the later freeze killed it, the jasmine. But uh, that, that gave me a lot of, uh, saved me a lot of work. Because my Asian jasmine was 30 years old in the tops of trees, the tops of my live oaks. It climbed the tree <laughs> and was covering the tree. And so... To get those out of the, get that out of there, is quite an effort, you know. And I, I also miss the uh, fragrance. The ones that climb trees, will put out a fragrant flower. The ones oh. on the ground will not. Yeah, it's the it's uh, okay. Yeah, you said that before, which yeah. was interesting. Yeah, but that freeze killed it all. And now it's going it's to take it a while for all those dead stems to get out of the trees. But I don't have to go in there and pull the, pull the vines out. It killed the Asian gentleman on fences, too. Yeah. Killed it all, all the way into the plant, into my, the fence. My cat claw, which is, has basically the same growing pattern as your deer. Yeah. Um, it... Is was killed on the top and 
Yeah. And I was celebrating that. It's amazing <laughs> now, but it's already five, from started from the ground again. It's already five feet into the trees again. <laughs> Now's moving, the time to take the fast. cuttings, Cal. Yeah, moving fast. Now's the first, t- first best time to take cuttings. Well, it's always pretty satisfying to <laughs> cut, cut it. <laughs> Cut the uh, stem and stem, put it yeah, with, and, uh, and just watch it die up there. Oh, wait a minute! But the, the the problem is, of course, that they you never get it all. Uh uh-uh. It finds finds a way to <laughs> initiate a new new stem. Oh yeah, but uh, if you want to propagate, Kevin, now is the best time to take those tender cuttings. Oh well, I think maybe I'll pass. Hey, maybe when you're having your butterfly deal over there. You can have people come by the house and get some cuttings. Well, you could you could be the uh, just, uh, the propagator of uh, cat's claw all over the <laughs> all over yeah. the state. Mm-hmm. Probably name it after you. Well, you. We could call it Calvin's cat's Calvin's claw. like Greg's miss. Yeah, there you go. Calvin's cat's claw. Uh, there so, you go. It's not bad <laughs> enough that I have my phone number on. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, the neighbors will be at your door thanking you. And, and I, or something. It won't. It won't <laughs> be for two or three years, till it becomes a problem, that oh. that, that people will uh, be mad at Kevin for doing that, because uh, when it blooms, I'm telling you, my truck. I almost ran my truck off the road. Oh, going over Calvin's when I saw that thing blooming. Yeah, they're very attractive. I got my cameras out. I was out there. <laughs> I thought Calvin had been hiding a good plant somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Anyway, 210-308-8867. You were going to. Oh, uh, I was going to say about hydrangea. Finish my hydrangea Oh, finish story. your hydrangea story. Because I asked that lady, I said. Uh, oh, we have Delb on the line, though. Okay. To finish, I, uh, <laughs> I'll remind you. Delb I, is on the line at 210-308-8867. Delb, long time. No here. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Hey, I wanted to, to share a blue bonnet report with you. Okay. Three and four weeks ago, we were working up in uh, Brenham and up through that part of the world, Fayetteville and all through there, and uh, all the old-timers up there, of which we got to stop and visit with several of, said, oh, my gosh, this is the greatest blue bonnet bloom year we've ever had in our lives. This wow. is just incredible. And I got to <laughs> say, it was breathtaking. And then we were back again up there this last week as down in Gonzales and the Shiner country. And, I mean, my gosh, Shiner and Gonzales had seven plus inches of rain last weekend. <laughs> and tanks are all full and running over beautiful but anyhow this is getting like into five six weeks now a blue bonnet bloom and it's just it's just breathtaking down there it's beautiful yeah as long as they get so, the water at the right time they'll they'll do well carrying on hopefully to make a hundred billion billion seeds this year and that'll carry on and make some pretty stuff in the future there you oh yeah that's it's it's got a, a reservoir of seed. I mean, all blue bonnets have a a big reservoir of seed that can can yes. st- stay viable for twenty years. It's an amazing and, thing. And Delb, you had another question. 
I did. I uh, wanted to ask you, what would be your favorite potting soil for potting up Meyer lemons in? For potting that up what? Growing in a Meyer's lemon. lemon. Oh. Improved Meyer's lemon. Uh, I like. <laughs> well, you want you want to keep it it'll tolerate alkaline potting mix, but uh, I like to keep it on the acidic side if I can. Keeping that on the acidic side is almost impossible around here because the water is alkaline and uh, everything else. But uh, the uh, I just uh, you know Malcolm has I think right there at the end Malcolm uh, when he was running Gardenville started adding a little uh, sphagnum to his mix. Yeah, that. just a little if bit. You use some of the inexpensive potting mix and then mix it with uh, yeah sphagnum. Of course, sphagnum is not inexpensive. But, yeah, but it's a good combination. Or something, uh, you know those those people that used to grow uh, azaleas and uh, they'd go over to East Texas and get needles, uh, pine needles, uh, until the snakes <laughs> <laughs> scared them. Until they saw the first snake. These people are so skittish. That could be a diamond back over there, the, couldn't uh, <laughs> does, yeah, that, does was quite, co- that was quite a story. Coconut core help with that pH thing. What? The coconut uh, core? I think that's a neutral product. Okay. But, but uh, uh, they, they used it just to uh, as a filler, as a expanding the the mix but uh, i don't right. think it's either alkaline or uh, acidic the the pecan shells are definitely going to be an acidic side of things aren't they yeah but lord have mercy <laughs> uh it's gonna be a while before they decompose that's uh, kind of a good thing <laughs> yeah yeah and and uh the live oak leaves, the leaves, they're not terribly acidic, but uh, they're low alkaline. I mean, on the, uh, you know, they're not, they're not as alkaline as some things are. Yeah, about closer to neutral. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, very uh, good. Well, all right. Okay. We'll plan it up. See what happens here. See what we can find to do that with. Okay. Thank you, Dell. Don't be a stranger. All right. Y'all have a wonderful yeah. day on this beautiful spring day. It doesn't get much better than this. <laughs> no, it's pretty. That's what Jerry said when we started the show. <laughs> All right. Thanks, All sir. Right. John thanks, is on the line at 210-308-8867. Hi, John. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing real good. I just got the cut in the front and the back grass, and we're sitting down having a beer. <laughs> good. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> did you actually have did you actually have grass, or did you have uh, rescue grass? I got uh, we well, we got no we got carpet grass. I live on the south side of San Antonio. It oh, rains okay. on this side. <laughs> uh, my, my black dirt is ten feet thick. Oh man. <laughs> so, anyway, my uh, my uh, 
uh, hen bits. I've uh, uh, stored them. I'm storing them for the summer, and uh, I'm through growing them. And now I get ready to plant all of my uh, crabgrass. It's, it's getting ready to come out. So, okay. Uh, but uh, the reason I called you is that uh, I talked to you a little while back about I got three uh, orange trees that uh, don't produce nothing. They don't bloom. They don't flower. They don't do nothing. Yeah. And I got I got one of them from the rodeo that had thorns on it, and I got two of them from Braddock's, and they none nothing produced. So uh, this year, I got both uh, of those three. Two of them died, and one with the thorns on it is it came back uh, uh, furiously. And what I want to do is go to Fratics and buy a uh, 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 orange tree. Okay. Satsuma, Montuna, or whatever those are. Yeah. And uh, and I want to graft it. Now, my question is, can I buy it, plant it, and you take cuttings off of it, and you go straight to the uh, tree that's growing and graft it now, uh, this time of year? Can I, how, can I how, take it straight from one to the other? Yes. Yes, you can take it straight from one to the other. But if, if I were you, the easiest, surefire, most surefire way to, to graft... Uh, that situation. Uh, let me ask you about that uh, citrus that came back. And you got it at the rodeo and it had thorns. Uh, is it a straight-up stem? No, it's, it's a lot of stems. And the it, thorns are about three inches long. Okay. I got, it, I, I got it from David Rodriguez. Well, there you go. That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Did did he 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 sold it as a satsuma and sold it as a, a Arctic frost, right? It it well, it's the first. It was the first time I think that they had them. At That's the right. That's right. And and it it has uh, about uh, two inch thorns. Or three. three. Three inch thorns. Yeah. Well, those, and those, so I, I don't know if that's one that got by all the quality control or what, but it did, does not produce any blooms. Well, yeah, I talked to you about a year or two ago about yeah. all three of these. And uh, like two of them die, I died, so I don't have to worry about them. But this <laughs> one here is growing good. Did the other two have thorns? No, no. I got them from Franny. Okay. Uh the the one called Arctic Frost uh, has has smaller thorns. In the past, it's, we never have seen it uh, freeze back to have large thorns. But uh, I don't think they're grafted. I mean, they're on well, not on sour orange, which would have thorns. But the tree itself, Arctic Frost, does have some thorns. Now. With that said, in all of our tests, in these last freezes, Arctic Frost is the hardiest of them all. Well, this was the one that made it. Of, of the three trees, this was the one, the leaves dried up and fell off. The yeah. leaves dried up. But, the, but uh, come springtime, they all, the, the stems are all good. They're still good. Did, it, no ever, did, did it ever bloom? 
never bloomed. After it lost the leaves, it didn't bloom, uh, right. which is pretty common. But I would, I would uh, not give up on that thing yet. Like I said, uh, the true Arctic frost, uh, Mr. Moore's uh, Satsuma cross, uh, is the hardiest Satsuma that we have. Well, it, it made it through the. It made it through the freeze. See that that's. Uh, Kind of tells me if that would have been um, a uh, a rootstock, it probably froze it to the ground. But that's pretty much an indication of that there is the true Arctic frost, and I would uh, not give up on that. If if you want to graft uh, an orange to it, uh, leave the leave the orange that you buy in the pot that it's in. Or you can step it up into a larger pot, and uh, and and maybe you might uh, put some more potting mix around it and keep it well fertilized with Osmocote uh, uh, Plus fertilizer, and then take a limb from the one you buy and approach graft it. They call it approach grafted to a, a limb that's on the one that lived. A side limb. Uh-huh. But uh, don't take the whole plant down. I mean, use a side limb to put that orange on. Is there a write-up on the plantanswers.com? I think on uh, on approach crafting. It would be under uh, propagation uh-huh. on plantanswers.com. And, and the deal on that is, and it shows you how to do it, the deal on that is if you lose... What you're trying to graft, you still got a plant coming, and probably it probably has initiated more side shoot. So I can do more later. Yeah, right. Uh, if you plant it in the ground, <laughs> you know it's kind of hard to move and and uh, relocate it. Yeah, this has been in the ground for uh, at least five or six years. The one that has thorns. Yeah. Okay, I think at that time we were growing them on their own root system. So uh, yeah. I don't think we've ever put them on sour arm. But uh, don't don't give up on that plant. It's uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> it it has uh, the best some of the best fruit and unusual tasting fruit of any of Mr. Moore's crosses. John, we well, got to run to a break. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All, All right, ma'am. We're going to take a break and come back in a moment. 210-308-8867. Will, you're up next right after this at 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 AM, The Answer. Back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM, The Answer. Want to go right to Will at 210-308-8867. Hi, Will. What's going on? i got a question for uh, for you guys about uh, harvesting blue violet seeds. And I, don't, I just started listening, so if you already covered this, I've, uh, I No, we it. have. We have. Okay. So I have some that have already started opening up and uh, curling and they're dropping their seeds. Yeah, yeah. How... How, how uh, can you have some green on them and, and cut them and, and let them dry? Or <laughs> you, what you do, you look at the seed, and uh, the seed's like a green bean, 
Oh, yeah, it yeah, comes yeah. on that green. Yep. And then as it matures, it'll turn yellow. It'll turn a little yellow. Yep. And, and from the yellow, it'll turn brown. Brown, right. Now, we haven't done any studies on how yellow you can harvest them. But what we usually do uh, to get the most seed is uh, let them let the majority of the seed turn brown and uh, wait for a hope you have a high humidity days that will keep the uh, seed from popping mm -hmm. but when we have a day uh, you know mm -hmm. it's hot yesterday and today the humidity is extremely low and all those brown seed on blue bonnets popped this morning. Oh yeah, I found that out when I went out and looked at mine. <laughs> I got some. Er I had some that are earlier than others. Yeah, right yeah, that's the right. They're and different maturities so, on the same plant. Right, exactly. So if I cut them off and when they're just like yellow, and I let them dry, will will that be okay? Yeah, well, yeah, yellow going into brown. Okay. Yeah, you can and put them in. Put them in a, uh, a. A lot of times, when when the majority of the seed are, are ready to harvest or brown, we'll pull mm -hmm. the whole plant. Yeah, that worked really well. And then turn them upside down, in in a, uh, paper bag. And, uh -huh. and and keep them in the. They have to be in full sun before they pop. Yeah, minor and, and full, minor and full sun, but right. uh, would, that, would that be an awful lot of paper bags to put them all in <laughs> the paper bags? Well, uh, per one plant per bag. <laughs> the yeah. uh, but if you've got a lot of uh, seed, you can yeah. cut the you can cut the seed off, leave them onto the stem, and put mm -hmm. that in the paper bag. Okay. As, as long as you keep them dry and exposed to full sun. Okay. So I could lay them out. I could even lay them out in the sun, in uh, say on a tarp. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Uh, we put ours in a greenhouse uh, on yeah. a sheet of plastic. Sure, and, I, uh, I did that for last year. Yeah, exactly. And, okay. and uh, that works pretty good. <laughs> the stupid things will pop off the plastic. It's unbelievable how oh, far yeah. they'll throw that seed. I oh like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I like the the bag. The bag works. Yeah. <laughs> they don't pop the, out of the bag, do they? In the, in no, the green they're, ones, they're right there. If cut, <laughs> and if you cut them off and they've got some green on them, would those green ones be any good at all? I'm sorry. Yeah, with the green, the, the green ones. Cut, off, cut some off a little earlier, and there's some green ones. Will they work at all? No. They will. They uh, they, they they'll dry. And uh, usually that seed, depending on how green the pod was, uh, will be shrunken. Will be uh -huh. when it ha it has a seed, but the seed will be shrunken and and sterile. Sterile it won't okay. grow. Okay. Well, I have enough so that I. But I'm just trying to think of trying there to be out there at the right time before they start to the curl and, and they're popping all over. Yeah, where you live. I got plenty. Okay. Where do you live? Uh, we're off 281 and, and um, countryside. Oh, okay. Bitter road. Did you, water, did you water your blue bonnets or did they get enough water? Not, 
Uh, they got it pretty much water. I maybe watered them once or twice. Okay, that's good. You're a good man. Yeah. Yep, yep. They're doing real good. Are they all that okay. old common blue? <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid I don't have any of those <laughs> oh, white and red. <laughs> you know, geez, you know. You just don't. You don't. Just don't give us enough of those red ones and white ones. To buy. Yeah, it's Jerry's we're fault. Stuck with these old blue ones. You're probably saving all the red ones. I know how that works. There you go. It's in his refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, start to bring them out. You know. Okay. Share them. Okay. Thank Next you, time. sir. Call her. Bye bye. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. You want to finish your hydrangea thing before we go to break? What? Uh, <laughs> you were saying something about hydrangeas. It's coming back to you now. I, I, here it comes. Yeah, here it comes. <laughs> Don't let it get by us, man. No, no, no. Go. go, go. <laughs> I uh, asked the lady about the, the hydrangeas. I said, do you have deer in the neighborhood? She said, oh, yeah, but they never bother our plants. Wow. I said, get ready for them to bother. <laughs> the minute you think they're not going to bother your plants, that's a deal that'll eat them overnight. Now, I don't know if deer eat hydrangea or not. Uh, I don't see why not. But uh, never tested that. Well, I've done, I've had some of that same experience. Where I <laughs> walked into the backyard and and they, uh, the gardener was talking about that. No, you know, no problem with deer and, and, uh, and then, of course, as the as the story progresses, <laughs> and they talk about, well, the last time the deer were on the patio table. <laughs> well, I thought you said the deer were no problem. Well, not very often. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it only takes once. They, they, uh, <laughs> they had this uh, belief that anything in nature was worthy and yeah. didn't wasn't negative or wouldn't. And, <laughs> of course, uh, the, the full story, if you... Stay talking to them long. The, the full story is revealed. <laughs> they start cussing them. Huh? All right. All right. Uh, so she, we'll talk about fertilization when we get back. All right. So we'll take a break in just a minute. I, I want to remind you that oh. next Saturday here at Mel Burgers, they'll be doing their uh, Fiesta Metal celebration. I can uh, hardly wait. So you can come on out there. Now, this is uh, to benefit Alex's Lemonade Stand uh, for ch- Children's Cancer Research and that's going to be Saturday from 11 to 3 mm-hmm. for the face painting for yeah. the balloon animals. We could do tattoos for, instead of face painting. What do you think about that, Milton? I didn't hear that. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> is that new? No. Uh, and then the other one is uh, sausage wraps. And that's uh, that starts oh, at 11 but runs until let's the... Let's choose that instead. Okay, instead of tattoos. Yeah, that can, that's going to go until the sausages run out. So, you know, if you get here... At 2.30, those sausages may be gone. All right, we'll take a break and be back in a moment. 210-308-8867 is the number. Give us a call. Lots of great calls today. 210-308-8867. We're back with Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The answer, going to give a second. The guys uh, went out to check on the milkweed, so uh, we'll give them a second. They'll be back in a moment. In the meantime, I'll tell you, you know, we give you a lot of information on this show about events that are coming up. Uh, we talk about the uh, 
the different uh, ideas of uh, things that you can do here. Uh, we talk about the plant sales. Well, all of this can be found at millburgernursery.com. That's millburgernursery.com. You'll find them all here. And uh, that's where you'll find uh, just about everything that you need to know. Great videos and uh, all kinds of uh, things for you. That's millburgernursery.com. And that's where you'll learn about next week's uh, great event that we have coming up, uh, which is going to be the uh, kind of the Fiesta Metal celebration, if you will. The Fiesta Metals are here at Millburgers. And... Uh, You'll uh, find the, uh, the, all the information about the event next Saturday from 11 to 3 uh, here at, uh, at MillburgerNursery.com. All right, 210-308-8867. Uh, we have Harold on the line. Harold, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Thanks for waiting. How can we help you? Hey, gentlemen. How are you all today? We're doing great. Calvin's coming up. He's going to be a good resource on this, too. So but we'll start off. You're looking for... I am looking for a plant or flower to attract hummingbird. A hummingbird attracting plant. I don't mm-hmm. think we're having any. No, they're, I don't think hummingbirds <laughs> are very particular, Harold. And uh, <laughs> no, uh, I think we have tons of them. Yeah, awesome. you got you got to what, what's? Uh, we'll let Calvin sit down. Calvin, we need hummingbird plants here. Uh, what's your situation? Did you, sun did or? You pull, what happened to my? I cord got either or shade or sun. I can. Oh, you got shade or sun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah, our, our red, red is a tropical. No, yeah. wait, 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 no, wait, wait hold oh, on. You're talking about yeah, we got else? we got hummingbird plants that we're trying to find for Harold. So he's got sun yeah, and shade. They like red. Okay. The uh, uh, <laughs> the uh, there's an actual list on plantanswers.com. Uh, just just do a search. Uh, open up plantanswers.com okay. and, uh, and to the right there's a little search engines there and in uh, the first one type in uh, hummingbird plants all right and that'll give you a whole list of them uh, what's your color preference Harold I doesn't matter you know I've got a couple of feeders out but I seem to have a bully sitting at each feeder and I'm thinking maybe some plants might uh, yeah, help, so uh, the list will help you, but I was trying to think of okay, what would if uh, have you, what would you suggest for Harold for hummingbirds right off the top of your head? Best, best hummingbird plant. Well, salvia. Plant. Is good. Yeah, plant for that it can. Well, salvia is a good. Salvia. Porter, porter weed. He loves that porter weed. Harold. Yeah, porter <laughs> weed is great. Zinnias they love. Uh, they. Uh, now I'm going to worry about zinnia. this freezing, or is this something that'll freeze and maybe come back, or? Well, it's in, it's in you. I mean, uh, uh, salvia. salvia, 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 or lantanas will, salvia yeah. will too. Yeah, in the well, in the fall before the uh, the salvia and the lantana are two of the favorites, but but they're they're pretty much the same. They like the same nectar plants as the butterflies. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sure do. What about the Esperanza? We were talking to somebody about it, that a minute ago. They like Esperanza? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the, uh, that one's that one lots of sun, but. Yeah. It likes so a lot they, of sun. Yeah. But it's a great okay. plant. Beautiful yellow blooms. Well, and, you know, one of, one of the one of the plants that they like especially well, and and the, the 
butterflies and the bees like it, but uh, it's probably it's probably rates as a more favorite uh, firebush. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we've we've uh, we got lots of gardeners in this area that have a, at least one firebush on their uh, patio. Yeah. Some because <coughs> when during the migration, it's one of the favorite nectar sources, and uh, there's dog fights all the time and <laughs> competitions between the quite often between two or three species. Yeah. So, so it's really an interesting situation. If you don't have to worry about the hummingbird beak, it might. <laughs> you know, that would be a, a great one to put in one of those p- big pots I'm talking about. Oh, what's that? Right oh. in the middle, firebush. Oh, yeah, that would be. That's uh, it. Because it'll, it'll fill that up. Yeah. That's what I have. Oh, yeah, they sure do like the firebush. I'm sorry. Oh, was, yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, any tubular flower like that. This uh, one's not a perennial, but what about fire spike? Or is it a perennial? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they love fire spike. Yeah. Well, we, we often talk about if you're... It's in the shade. In too. the shade, we use fire spike. If you're in the sun, you use fire. Fire bush. Fire bush, yeah. Okay. Well, that gives me some options. Yeah, check, check, check plantanswers.com. Awesome. Thank you for your help. Okay, thank you, Harold. Thank you for calling. Thanks for calling. Thank Have you for fun. waiting. All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Yeah, I forgot about the firebush, but, yeah, if you've got one, you've got hummingbirds. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I don't think uh, those extremely hard freezes we had, because it's died down to the ground oh. when, by the time we had those freezes. So it's... It's mulched into the ground, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I think it, it went through its normal pattern of decline. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you're right. I think it missed. I think the timing <laughs> was just right for it yeah. to miss those special freezes. Yep. All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. You know, I've been wondering about fertilization. Have you? I have. Hmm, yeah. Can you help me with that? It's a fertile thing to <laughs> think about. Thank you, yes. A fertile, uh, a fertile mind. Well, uh, what you got there? Anyway, uh, it dawned on me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Probably 2 o'clock in the morning. That's when everything dawns on you. <laughs> and, uh, That's a little early for dawn. Uh, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> uh, they got, got a lime, I think, in this Oh, cool. That's a cute little line. You can tell it was little line, leaves and stuff. But you be, that'd be that'd be good for those big pots too, especially if you put them on rollers, and you got a sunny patio or something. Mm. You could roll it into protection. Uh, but anyway, on fertilization, uh, we talk we. T- <laughs> We talk about, uh, let's see, Neil Sperry brought it to mind when he wrote something about uh, the old the old adage, uh, uh, on, veg- on vegetables uh, and and tomatoes especially, is don't, uh, of course, you put on your pre-plant fertilizer. And then you don't uh, side dress them until uh, they have fruit 
uh, the small fruit, the uh, marble-sized fruit. Uh, that's in Dr. Codner's books and uh, all the stuff that we've written. But I, I got to thinking about that. I think times have changed with these hybrids. These determinant hybrids or semi-determinant hybrids. I bet, I bet you that was formulated, well, I know it was formulated 40 years ago when, there, when we only had uh, indeterminate varieties. And we blamed the idea that they would grow tall and if they didn't have fruit, they were in the shade. But people would say, well, I must have put too much fertilizer. Which leads back to the question, can you put too much slow-release fertilizer on, on mm. tomato? Okay. Uh, I argue with the, <laughs> I also explored that uh, years ago with manure when I was getting manure from uh, my junction lady up there mm -hmm. and uh, the old adage was uh, 40 pounds 40 pounds of uh, manure per 100 square feet yeah yeah 40 pounds per 100 square feet that's what the soil test or soil uh, would always say. But then when you look at people that use the manure, yeah. they put it on by the truckload. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the people that use that much manure usually have the best tomatoes, biggest tomatoes, most tomatoes, etc., etc. And so one year I decided I was going to put on too much manure on my garden. And so I got some of Ms. Nethery's uh, wonderful manure, horse manure, and uh, put a, I put a truckload on my uh, rather small garden at that time and, uh, and waited to see what was going to happen. And I used a semi-determinate plant. And lo and behold, it didn't kill them. It just grew the hell out of them, mm. and tomatoes and plants and everything else. So then I got to wonder where did where did this soil recommendation come from? Forty pounds per hundred square feet. And I got to looking at the uh, the bags of the commercial fertilizers sold in nurseries and everything. And the reason they say 40 pounds per 100 square feet was because that manure is salty. Oh. You know, they feed, it came, it came all, all the manure, whether it was sheep, I don't know, if it, I probably the same, was sheep, goat, uh, you name the critter that it's supposed to come out of. And they used to sell it like that. Want sheep manure, or mm -hmm. cow manure, or horse manure? And we have people that <laughs> swear by one animal over the next. Yeah, yeah, right. Don't get sheep. Oh, <laughs> sheep are. Oh, next guy I'll call it. Oh, sheep are great. Why are you putting down sheep? <laughs> I don't like all that wool in there. When you get that <laughs> sheep stuff. <laughs> 
But anyway, I found out all the manure, regardless of the label, uh, came from a, a feedlot in uh, Fort Worth. All the, all the bagged manures in the, in the state came out of one, th one feedlot. And they were salty. It was salty. So if you pile that manure on like I was doing with our horse manure, it'd kill the plant. It'd salt it out. But, uh, the, but using horse manure, I don't think you can use too much. And uh, like, like I used to say, Ms. Ms. Nethery used to mulch with horse manure on top of the ground. But uh, the same way with commercial fertilizer, back in when we were writing the original uh, descriptions of fertil fertilization of plants, it was before uh, slow-release fertilizers. Uh, you know, uh, 1959 hadn't been on the market but about uh, 25, 30 years. And before that, it was all fast-release fertilizer. And so you could burn a plant with that. I know y'all are pretty cautious. Uh, you were at one time about, you know, how to put it on, don't put too much yeah. on the lawn and stuff like that. Yeah, well... The lawn's a different story. They, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I think I've told this story before, but, uh, you know, they say, they used to say, well, you can mine phosphorus out of the San Antonio lawns because phosphorus oh, yeah. doesn't leach out of the soil like the nitrogen does. And uh, so with that in mind, uh, people, uh, certain horticultures, started recommending all nitrogen fertilizers, slow release, for lawns, and no no phosphorus at all. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you want to be on the radio with us? Oh, okay. Well, here. <laughs> so I'll turn him down. Yeah. What blooming flowers did these flowers? All right, so go ahead. <laughs> we'll, we'll Where was I? Oh, yeah, okay. You were... But... Uh, it, it, that always seemed rather uh, uh, spared one big one, uh, recommending no phosphorus fertilizers because it stays in the soil. Well, <laughs> again, we investigated that a little bit, Malcolm and I especially, mm -hmm. and come to find out the soil test laboratory at A&M. Yeah, I remember heart, talking about this. Uh, <laughs> We're using a soil test that uh, rate, rated extremely high phosphorus levels in alkaline samples, alkaline soil samples. Uh, so it wasn't the same in acidic soils. In other words, from East Texas, the, 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 it was probably accurate. But in San Antonio... And South Texas, where the soils are alkaline, that's all. That I was not right about the alkaline now, the phosphorus. Has this been fixed? No. Well, oh. <laughs> when yeah. when we find out about it, I was working with uh, 
dean of uh, A&M. And when he found out about it, he fired everybody in wow. the soil testing lab. He? Yeah. I guess they fixed it. <laughs> well, I hope they have. That kind of that kind of turned me against soil testing. I know you're you're but, you're pretty bitter. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, the uh, the slow release thing opened up a whole new world because yeah. most people. Back in, in the early days, we would recommend ammonium sulfate, which is 2100, pure nitrogen. Immediate release. In other mm. words, you, you drop a tablespoon of uh, ammonium sulfate in a gallon of water, it dissolves before it hits the bottom of the container. Mm. So it's immediate release. And so that led to... Uh, led to damage or led to people killing salting out their uh, the vegetable plants and uh, Calvin and I were kind of discussing about using uh, uh, Osmocote yeah plus and I, I said forget throw that damn teaspoon that comes in there away and put it on thick and copious as, as amounts, as you say. And and it it says on the Osmocote uh, containers that you you cannot burn a plant with Osmocote. And I've done I've I agree You've with that. You've tested that. I agree with that. Now you can burn a plant with not ammonium sulfate. And I'm almost certain. That you can't burn a plant or over fertilize a garden with 1959. That you cannot or you can? Cannot. With a slow release? Huh? With a slow release? Or yeah, is all, slow release. All 1959 slow release. Uh, well, I think uh, there's uh, there's some other slow releases that are not 1959. Uh, is the winter formula 1959? No. Okay. No, it's quick release. You right, because you, you want it to be quick release, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it's it's something interesting to try if you want to just don't uh, pile it on next to the stem like Calvin was saying well I can kill it with osmocote I can kill a plant with osmocote if you just pile it next to the stem and that's wrong you can grow a plant in osmocote grow it in osmocote but uh, but uh, for, for a home gardener yeah. Osmocote's expensive, yeah, but it's safest. It's the safest plant, the safest thing that uh, you can use, and that's what I've got in my son's oh, tomato yeah. planting project. Yeah. I've, I've got it. I've fertilized with osmocote. I'm going to get him some Miracle Grow. You know, I said he was watering them with a sprinkler that I got over here, <laughs> the uh, water wand. And uh, and he's watering it from the top of the plants, and let it drip down through the plant. Well, that's, yeah, that's not the best way to water, but uh, I figure if I get him some Miracle Grow, yeah, and let him put a, about two tablespoons in that little watering can that he's using every time he waters. Yeah, that helps. Which it. most plants out here right. are fertilized every time they're watered. 
That's why they're so green. All right. Hey, we need to take a quick break. 210-308-8867. Oh, whoops. No, we did not help you. But we'll, we'll, we'll find out about that in I'm a gonna second. I'm going to have to. I'm going to. Yeah, the mist flower. And uh, all right, we'll take a quick break. Back in a moment. 210 308 8867. 210 308 8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 980 AM, the answer. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, the answer. Let's talk about other tools that you can use for your trees, and that's that tree hugger sprinkler. Uh, we had they were visiting with us here yesterday. Uh, we had to, we'll have to trick Bob next time to come on the air with us. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, he uh, was bringing them. So Millburgers is now stocked up with all three sizes of the tree hugger sprinkler: the seven, eleven, and the fifteen inch. What's the tree hugger sprinkler? You ask. Really. <laughs> a tree hugger sprinkler is the uh, way to efficiently and effectively water that uh, that tree and uh, get those tree roots and uh, that uh, root ball watered, especially in times like this when it's actually going to get hotter and probably, I don't know, what's the forecast? Are you, we're still going to be in this system? I or? hope it's going to be like this the rest of the year. Oh, okay. Well, just in case, <laughs> if you think you know better than that, a tree hugger sprinkler would get you out. It's a hard plastic sprinkler. That has a hinge on it, so you open it up. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I broke my hinge. I think so. Your hinge may have been. Let me get another one. Hold on. It's actually very durable, so it's just fine. So, uh, or you close it or hug it around the tree trunk. Thank you. And then you turn it on just a little bit to water the root ball or even more to water toward the drip line of that tree. I use mine uh, a lot. Love it. Uh, whatever you get here at Millburgers, you've got that, uh, that um, shrub like they have there, the citrus. Uh, that tree hugger sprinkle will help you get it established. Uh, check them out here at Millburgers, all three sizes, and at HEB. All right, 210 or com too. Uh, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Calvin, what were y'all trying to find? What did she want? She, she was looking for uh, favorite plants of pollinators. And so we were going going through the, the list. <laughs> and uh, some of them, you know, were, would we'd expect later in the year, like coral vine. And yeah. Uh, even porter, well, I, I said porter weed, and then I realized that we just got porter weed two days ago. Yeah, the red one, and and in that, in the the red dwarf porter vine in that state, is probably not as impressive as it will be in oh, two or yeah. three weeks if they get it in a landscape. Oh yeah, because it's unbelievable the the way the the bees and the butterflies and hummingbirds are attracted to it. And then, of course, I could not remember what mist flower, <laughs> mist flower. Uh, which is the second day in a row. That After we do that for two or three weekends, uh, maybe we'll remember. Yeah. And then we'll have to <laughs> we'll have a uh, whole index of winter fl- plants and summer plants and we'll have to shift. Uh, but uh, that, that mist flower, zinnias uh, get, 
or get covered by bees. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we're getting a lot of that's the second question we've had on that with her and then the other woman that or the the Harold who wanted to for the hummingbirds. Oh yeah, they're getting Yeah, they're, people they're getting are really real, it's uh people are realizing that it's an important uh, important issue. And then it also is uh something you can really affect in your backyard planting. After the hard part of it is when somebody comes in and wants something that'll bloom but to won't attract the bees. Oh yeah. Huh? Because they're allergic to bees. Yeah. We've had that. Couple no, we of have time. had that. Well, <laughs> yeah, we got uh, we got a uh, at least one of my f- favorite uh, gardeners' neighbors has got that uh, that issue. Bart? Yeah. Well, yeah. is allergic to bees? He he has a reaction to bee stings. Oh yeah. Bruce Cates used to say say yeah, Dad. So I. Uh, Jerry tested it by every time they do something, putting them in a field of, uh, I had a, of I Mexican had a, heather. I had two beehives over there <laughs> by my by the house by the garden. Oh, and uh, it, it's funny because every time Bruce would get over there or even close to that thing, the bees would get on it. I would be flying around it, but not to me or oh, Smitty. That's yep. the same thing. I, I I don't I don't quite understand that. <laughs> I walk in the midst of them and yeah. I'm pushing them out of the way. <laughs> never never bother me. But uh, somebody that's got a reaction to them. Yeah, they love them, huh? Yeah, seem uh, to. And we would always uh, Smitty, the photographer, and uh, and I would always say, well, "You ne- you never proved that to us." Mm-hmm. I've wondered if you did that. And so we were going to take him over and throw him in the beehive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tie, tie him up on a uh, yeah. stake to see. And he knew good. we would do it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and that makes good TV, Milton. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's kind of <laughs> we cruel. follow it right on down to the hospital. There's probably a line that you cross that's, uh, <laughs> well, although, you know. Jerry crosses his old time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, local <laughs> reporter killed by uh, by horticulturist in <laughs> beehive accident. All right, uh, and then one of the uh, other questions she was she was looking at salvia, and uh, and then she she said, I, "I want I want that little, really little, uh, attractive salvia." And then her picture was indigo spires. Oh no! And I said that that's not a little <laughs> salvia. That's a big one. That's a big one. That covers a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of territory. And we'll probably get that. Well, we'll get a lot of uh, salvias just a little bit later into the summer. But as I was walking up, they're about uh, halfway up the second second group of, of uh, plants. Pretty close to where that uh, that red, red. Uh, deal was. Yeah. It looked like a salvia that had been stressed or something. Huh. Uh, and it had a little bud on the top of a four to six inch stem. No no label. It, it looked kind of like a... Uh, Henry Dilberg salvia. Oh, so really? One of those types. Or a Victoria? Or yeah. It, well, I don't think it's Victoria. Unless it's just been stressed. Uh-huh. But it's, it's a whole bunch of them. A lot yeah. of them. Right there. 
But anyway, yeah, the salvers are coming. What did we tell them about the bees, Milton? Do you remember? I don't Be remember. Be careful. Oh. oh yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't remember it either. I'm trying to remember. Um, we've seen like just here. There are a couple plants that bees love. Oh and, yeah. And, no, and yeah. Mexican heather was the one that impressed me because that plant vibrates when there's a bunch of them here. No, I don't know how those bees find it, but boy, they like it. <laughs> All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Getting back to my uh, uh, fertilization, uh, Neil says uh, on vegetables you do you fertilize them two weeks after planting, and repeat every two weeks until harvest to keep vegetables growing actively. Sideband the granules along the rows of the vegetables <clears throat> and water by hand to wash the granules off the leaves. Okay. That's a lot. That's we, quite, quite we, often. Yeah. We, we deal with people, I'll use my son as an example, that can't remember two weeks after he planted to fertilize it. Oh. And with what? Repeat every two weeks, two to three weeks until harvest. Every two to three weeks, a novice gardener is asked to fertilize the vegetable. That's not so bad if you get, uh, <laughs> if you get take your vacation time uh-huh. all, all during the growing season. <laughs> get a calendar, huh? That's a, another advantage of uh, slow-release fertilizer. Oh. Uh, it would help to, it, to pot, give it. Yeah, give a side dressing every two to three weeks. But how many of us can remember that or remember to do that? Very few, especially not my novice yeah. gardening son. Yeah. So what's the answer to that? Osmocote? Osmocote Plus. Okay. <laughs> it releases over uh, the, let's see, the slow release 1959 releases over uh, three to four months, I think it is, Calvin. And uh, the uh, the Osmocote releases over six to eight months, <laughs> a long period of time. Well, you can you can really see, you know, I'm growing those uh, the tomatoes in containers. Yeah, and you can really see the difference. By uh, like some when uh, those that are getting more osmocote and less osmocote. No, oh, yeah. And uh, uh, so it, it really, it's, it's amazing how quickly the uh, the osmocote responds. Oh, yeah. And how quickly the uh, tomato plants respond. Oh, right they too. do. Yeah. Like, like uh, Jeremy says that his uh, 968. It's scaring him. It's growing so fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it should scare you, Jeremy. I bet we, he's, we got, gonna... he's got uh, small fruit on all, on, um, on yes, them, doesn't starting, he? Yeah, starting. Yeah, but uh, when that thing comes into production, they're gonna wonder what the hell to do yeah. with all the fruit. No, that's true. <laughs> that's the advantage. You just give it to neighbors. 
Yeah. You give it to neighbors to give to neighbors. <laughs> you give it to their neighbors. To Our grandma. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's, it's on container plants, Neil says, you may prefer to apply a diluted solution of water-soluble plant food to each of each time you water them. That will give them sustained growth. And that's that's true. Uh, you know, the, that's not that's not too bad. You can get used to that if you have one of those plastic garbage cans. Yeah, yeah. And you mix it. And it, I mean, if, if you don't have an overwhelming gardener, but you get a two-acre <laughs> garden. Yeah. It's a full-time job. Mainly for containers. Yeah. yeah. And you just, uh, you know, twice a week, you just... And you don't, you know, maybe you got ten plants. Yeah. Twice a week, uh, and you, that, that you just walk through, takes a few minutes, and that really does a good job. Yeah. Didn't you say that uh, uh, you really saw a difference in your citrus? Uh, you had a lemon, I guess it was, when you used the uh, water soluble oh, yeah. with the osmocote. Yeah. Yeah. That I always I like the best. I like using the osmocote. The beginning and then at least one other time, but uh, then you can use the uh, uh, liquid uh, soluble fertilizer at the other times. Yeah, yeah. I, the reason I came early today, I was wanting to see if uh, Millburgers carries uh, uh, Miracle Grow, which they do, all sorts of, all sorts of containers. I mean, large, small, medium. But uh, I was going to ask Trace, because he's not going to be able to come up here today. But is there a cheaper water-soluble fertilizer than miracle Grow? Hmm. Now, miracle Grow has to be expensive because of the advertising. It's probably the most advertised water-soluble uh, yeah. fertilizer there is. And it's in all the stores and things like that. But there's got to be a, a water-soluble fertilizer out there that uh, has the same advantages of miracle Grow, but not the uh, promotions. You don't have to ask him. He's buzzing around here somewhere. Yeah. Hey, let's uh, take a quick break. If you catch his eye, wave him down. 210-308-8867. Uh, 210-308-8867. Still plenty of time to give us a call. And we can answer your gardening questions. Or you can brag on your tomatoes. Or you can uh, tell us if you've seen any purple martins or any of them uh, moving into your houses. Yeah. Or brown sparrows. Uh-huh, yeah. You and those brown sparrows. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be back in a moment with more of Millburgers Gardening South Texas. I'm Milton Glick with Dr. Jerry Parsons. And Dr. Calvin Finch back after this on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Got a question from the crowd. Sir, if you'll come on up, just there you go. Just be careful of that one guy. He's got that thing. And then just grab the mic. I was that no. was, it's, it's radio, so theater of the mind. There it's it's one guy on the porch. <laughs> okay, I got questions on uh, grapes and trees and tomatoes. Let's go with the grapes first. Okay, so we don't have much in terms of soil where I live, 
So if I use Gardenville rose soil and I have a raised bed that's two feet, is that sufficient amount of – is that the right – is that soil going to work and is two feet going to be deep enough? Oh, yeah. Is that for a grape? Yeah, yeah, the grapes that – I forget the name of them, but it was the <laughs> one that Tracy was touting yeah. last week. Yeah, what? Starts with an S. Yes, it, it starts – Sentinel or – Something like that, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, do you uh, – do you just – Put your mix down, uh, and uh, what I'm thinking, uh, a lot of times people uh, put them kind of in uh, raised beds. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cross ties around them. Yeah, yeah, it's a raised bed. Yeah. Oh, okay. It'll be a two-foot raised bed. Oh, yeah, that'll work. Yeah. So, I've even plenty. seen them with uh, the big things. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. What's, what's that'll next? work. And next is, so the deer are going to eat <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, they, so I really need to protect that, especially when it's starting. Yeah, the deer. up until about I guess well, whatever the height of a deer is. Well, maybe maybe they won't eat them. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't well, afford it. Maybe uh, and maybe hell will freeze over. Yeah, <laughs> I'll spray them. I'll spray them. I got all different types of things, and I've noticed some of them actually work. For a while. Yeah. Now, Which one works? I bought those five trees last week. They're all in the ground right now. So I was doing what Trace said to do. You know. Put a little uh, little rim around them and soak yeah, them yeah. heavy and wait until you get to the second knuckle is dry. My question is, how long do I have to do that before those trees are established and I can just let them water maybe once a week? Am I doing that for a month, two months? Two or? years. Uh, uh, yeah. Is uh, <laughs> your, your, what, you're gonna, your permanent uh, treatment, what is, that's going to be once a week? I have a soaker hose and I can adjust it. Yeah. As often as I need to, but right now I'm going to be watering it to keep it from getting dry, so to speak. Yeah. Well, ho- hopefully we'll get back on a, wa- a regular uh, rain schedule. But uh, um, two months. Oh yeah, I think. Keep, keep what is that? Mark Peterson talks about uh, a few months, and then okay, and then yeah, and then the, the key then is to keep sensitive to what's happening. There. Yes. And, uh, if you go into a drought with a new tree that's a year old, you still got to do something with it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. For two years. Sure. Yeah. Like I said. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize. I didn't that. make that up. But, well. uh, but the, real, the, <laughs> the soaker. I mean, we, we, you soak it at the beginning, good, and then you then you have a period where it gets special attention, and then after that, you're gonna kind of watch it and, and water it as you need it. Got it. And if it continues to be dry like it is. It's quite often, but if, Got it. but Got if it. Uh, well, right now, Jerry says the rain, the rain is going to begin again, so we <laughs> won't have to worry about it. I'm happy <laughs> yeah. to hear that. Pruning actually, tomatoes. Actually, Last this question. week is uh, a good rain forecast. This week, by the way, good. Um, I have just started to plant tomatoes along with my wife. We have a big protected area, um, chicken wire all around it, so we don't have to worry about the deer eating all the vegetables, but. Um, she never prunes the tomatoes. I grew up, we always pruned them. Um, do you guys recommend you don't have to prune tomatoes? It won't make not, a big not impact. Not these. Uh, you grew up with, uh, where did you grow up? Where, where, where oh, up in Pennsylvania, north uh, uh, of yeah. cold regions of Pennsylvania. Yeah, and you used indeterminate varieties like uh, Better Boy, yeah. Big Boy. And they would grow as big as oak trees yeah. if you let them. <laughs> yeah. 
And right. we really don't need to be pruning them. No, and these okay. that we grow down here, yeah. we have two seasons, spring yeah, and right. fall. Yeah. And we use uh, uh, semi-determinate plants. What we no. did this year was only use determinate. Yeah. Okay. Because we were using the other ones, and that was yeah. That wasn't working. Yeah. We were tearing big trees out in <laughs> July. Exactly. Yeah. Six I, foot plants I, that hadn't I, even put out fruit. In Tennessee, I grew one, uh, an indeterminate called right. Winsall. I do have one last question. I promise this Go will ahead. be my last one. See this tree here? It says it'll go 15 to 25 feet. Can I influence it to keep it smaller? I don't yeah. want a 25 foot feet tree, but I'd love a 15 foot tree. Is there anything you can do? Or is it luck of the draw? You don't know how big it's going oh, to no. get. No, no, you, that, you, that you Bubba? To, yeah, Bubba. Bubba now, does if it this is, if this is, an, if you don't have any soil. No, no. Everything we plant is in a raised bed. They're all oh, two feet okay. deep. So you're that's be, sitting in two feet of rose soil. You're being too nice to it. Yeah, I, I know. That's part of the problem. That, that thing how come grows I can't in, get my wife to say that? <laughs> that thing grows in Mexico on, on top of the mountains. Oh, so oh, it could get really tall. No, well, no, means no. It's, yeah, it's but it stays compact. Oh, got it. Yeah, got it. So yeah. yeah, meaning that like it grows in less than perfect conditions. Yeah, right. right. Well, then it will grow well where we they're, have it. They're some, <laughs> if they let them go, they grow to that. But I've I've seen some where they've managed them. And, uh, yeah, you could prune them. Yeah, good. Just like, like you do yeah. fruit good. trees. So the way to keep them down is prune it. In fruit trees, yeah, like That's you it. do fruit trees. All righty. And hummingbirds like that one too, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We were been talking about yeah pollinators and oh. plants that uh, hummingbirds and bees and butterflies Got like. Got it. Okay. Yep. Okay. Cool. cool. Well, thank That's you. That's it. Appreciate it all the help. You bet, man. Thank you. Now I got to go spend money. Just leave, leave <laughs> your check with Calvin. Yeah, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> Have fun. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. How's your fountain doing? It's not. What? It's not. Oh, oh, uh, that's yeah. right. Okay, I, I forgot about that. Uh, okay. cats. Sorry about that. No, I've got. Okay. I belong to a uh, conspiracy group that's made up mostly of West Highland Terriers. Uh. And if you want to just put a little name on a piece of paper on where and where your those cats are. Uh. <laughs> they might dis- disappear. I'll get a Jack Russell Terror. Oh, man. <laughs> I would love to do that. Um, now, there's a lot of them are feral cats. Yeah, we, yeah. we yeah, understand. The, they'll be uh, feral when get Jack Russell gets there. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> we, we, we have a border collie. She just herds them. She, uh, <laughs> she loves that. He stares them down. They stare back at her. I'm just and a, it, they, they're funny. Those, those cats learn fast. Yeah. Uh, who, uh, I what see, a real threat is and what isn't. Yeah. I see them uh, being affectionate with dogs, and then the next dog that comes by, they run and hide because they know, yeah. <laughs> know, know it's a Cats are very confusing. We have one cat that follows us when I take the dog for a quick walk, you know, just to kind of piddle and poo and... And just kind of, you know, do yeah. its business. That do- a cat follows us the whole way. Just she walks in front of us. She walks in the side. She, <laughs> it's it's weird, but we like it. So yeah, dog doesn't care. But I that's think that's not the black cat. I is. think it's not. No, it's not the black cat. <laughs> I'll take a picture of Lopey for you. Okay. All right. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Still plenty of time if you're uh, want to call us at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven.
Yeah, I got a uh, email question. Oh, good for you. What was that yesterday? Yeah, I guess they got it yesterday, and uh, I answered it at twelve o'clock at last night. That's why I'm kind of pleased. I can tell him. <laughs> but anyway, the uh, uh, this uh, let's see when they got left. Uh, but anyway, he he sent me a picture of a wildflower, and he said he wanted to know what this is. He said. It comes up all over my yard every year and has these beautiful uh, kind of uh, lavender-colored blooms on it in, in bundles, in uh, umbles, they call it, well, a, multi, a group of uh, flowers. And he sent me a picture of that uh, verbena. Oh, really? That, it's uh, not, that it's wild, not blue curl. No, that wild verbena. You know that oh, yeah. it's pretty, uh-huh. and so I, I uh, sent him a, a source of the pictures on uh, on uh, on the web, and uh, I also told him that uh, that's the same color and basically the same flower that uh, a blue princess verbena that we had about. Oh, yeah. 20 years ago. That was wonderful plant. Oh, it was hellacious. And uh, you know what wiped it out? Uh, virus. 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 No. Got virus. <laughs> and uh, you don't see them. Now, the one that's still on the market is the one called, and we sell here, called Homestead Purple. And uh came out of Georgia. Alan Ar- Armitage found it. And uh, it's 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 held up pretty good. I think they're running it in a or propagating it in uh, under virus control conditions, so that uh, that won't happen to the purple or uh, homestead purple. Guess where they find it, Milton? Clemens. <laughs> Clemson? In a homestead. Oh, okay. An old homestead there in uh, Georgia. So I have a question about a plant, too, speaking of wildflowers. Okay. So let me show that to you. Is that? I don't see anything. Oh. No. You've got to turn that off. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, yeah, that's uh What is that? That's a evening primrose. Yes. Is that what that is? Yeah. It's pretty, and they planted a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah, they're all. Yeah, there's different colors too. The, yeah. the yellow, or the white, and the pink. And uh, they're going toward uh, Kerrville in the medium there. Of, yeah. uh, the highway department uses them because uh, again, they just throw the seed out there and oh. it reseeds every year. Big oh, that's kind of cool. And this look, this was in that little area between the sidewalk and the street. Yeah. So it wasn't. Well, the bees like that one too. Oh, yeah. Do they really? Sure okay. Do. Hmm. And the the uh, the deal is, if you look at them, of course, look at them careful. You'll see darker pink ones. Mm-hmm. You'll just see different color variations in there. And he doesn't even drink. <laughs> no. I don't. Uh, Carol Abbott again selected one. And named it after his wife. Oh, uh, I, I don't guess they kept it going. But seed is just—it produces tremendous number of seed. Now, would that be 
And like seed, is something it, as a transplant, or would that be something I'd just seed, do from seed? Each seed. Okay, yeah. and when would you do that from seed? Well, you collect Anytime. the seed now. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but you put it down in the, October? the fall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, just right on top of the ground, it's it's a very durable plant. The neat thing about it, reading the highway department likes it, is you can mow it, mow yeah. it down, and it'll come it'll back up. Come back up. That's I cool. I mean, it'll... It doesn't come back up. It's a vine kind of running on top of the ground. Oh. So it's got enough yeah, uh, so uh, bloom that are low that you still get right. flowers and you still get some seed produced. Right. So the highway department kind of likes it. Some Easy. places they don't mow it at all. But yeah. Other places they have to mow it. Hmm. Easy to control. Um, it's a good, I, I mean, just like Coreopsis in the... Backyard wildflowers too. Yeah, they grow. Yeah, absolutely. It grows with them. Come back. But All anyway, right. anyway, uh, got about a minute and a half. What he, else do we need to talk a, about had for? Had a and I've got good news. Good news. I was going to show Trace this. Uh, we were talking about Pentas and Santa Maria. You know. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember never that third get, one. Never gets old. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, I mentioned to Trace, I said, I think that Pentas, a certain Pentas, is a Texas superstar. Oh, yeah. And he didn't He didn't think that was right. Of course, I hate to be saying yeah. that I wasn't right. And so I looked, I looked it up last night, and uh, sure enough, it was about number nine or ten. Oh, wow. On the superstar list, but there was there was only one that we made a Texas superstar, and that was this one, which Melberger sells. Oh, graffiti pink. Yeah. Okay, we got to say goodbye for today. We're in the back next week. Uh, we'll be here for the Fiesta Metal Celebration. Uh, I'm Milton Glick on behalf of Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to Al for doing a great job. We will see you next Saturday here at Millburgers, 1604 Boulevard. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.